Section 12 of Liljekrona's Home by Selma Lagerlöf Translated from the Swedish by Anna Barwell This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander Liljekrona's Home by Selma Lagerlöf Section 12 Chapter 12 Ensign Örneklo. The new mistress of Lövdala Parsonage had a habit of sending messages and small commissions by anyone, no matter who it might be. Whether the passer-by was peasant or not, she used to stand on the kitchen steps and wave and call until he stopped. Then it fell to the lot of either Maya Lisa or little maid to rush down the road and beg the travellers to be good enough to take with them a tub of butter that Fru Raklitz wanted to sell to the captain at Berga, or to return a weaving reed that she had borrowed from old Frimorius. Sometimes she contrived to ask a favour which was both tiresome and difficult, so that soon people were really afraid to pass Lövdala. It wasn't pleasant to say no to the pastor's wife, and yet quite impossible to slip past without being seen. However it might be, she certainly had an unusual talent for getting folk to run her errands. She was even able to press such a good-for-nothing dandy as Örneklo into her service. There had not seemed much prospect of any friendship between the ensign and the pastor's wife when he visited Lövdala in the last week of January, the time when he was in the habit of coming for a week or a fortnight. But Fru Raklitz said as soon as he came that she would see the lazybones did not stay there long. She had just got the work in full swing again after all the Christmas festivities, and she wasn't going to harbour any visitor who needed waiting on. And then, too, it was not as if he came by himself, for poor as he was, he always drove his own sledge, and the horse needed food and service no less than his master. Fru Raklitz did all she could to make him uncomfortable. To begin with, she told the housemaid to carry his heavy bag, where he kept his wigs and his curling tongs up to the poorest spare room. Örneklo was accustomed to the best, where there was a fine curtained bed with a feather bolster and soft down pillows, but he had never looked so pleased with that as he did now when he was shown into the other. "'If I haven't always wanted to sleep here,' he said. This was the room they called the night quarters, for there anyone who came asking for a night's lodging got a bed, no matter who it was. Here he could be nearly certain of having companion every night, and he slept so badly that he really needed someone to talk to. Besides, it was rather oppressive in the great four-poster in the other room. He would much rather lie on this narrow straw mattress. And best of all, there was neither fireplace nor stove, but the room was worn from the great kitchen chimney running up the wall and half filling the room. Just think, no fumes, no smoke, but a comfortable, even temperature day and night. And so he went on as long as the housemaid was in the room, but no one can tell what he did when she had gone. 
it was a cold day and none too warm in the unheated room where he had to change his clothes and make himself smart but his cheeks had such rosy tints and his eyebrows were so delicately penciled when he came to midday dinner that no one would have dreamt that he had done the whole operation with fingers numb with cold the pastor's wife knew well enough that there never was a bigger gourmand than Ernerclou, and that not only did he want good food but he liked to eat it in a grand room served on fine damask and shining silver she knew too that he had before always dined in the best room and that they had made things as festive for him as possible but now when she wished to put a speedy end to his visit she set the dinner in the kitchen parlour in very homely fashion and offered nothing more than black puddings and cabbage soup Ernerclou was in his most amiable mood and sat all dinner-time complimenting the pastor on his cleverness in marrying again did he remember what a life the old rural dean of sjöskoga had had when he had been left a widower for so many years when the ensign had last called on him the dining-room had not been scored and they had had to dine in one of the bedrooms there wasn't a clean tablecloth in the house but stains on every one and the maids were too idle to cook anything but cabbage soup which was made on sunday and came back day after day and even that they had to be thankful to get but his dear old friend in lövdal had contrived to get something very different it was no easy matter to find such a good housekeeper as his wife he had heard such accounts of her skill that he had wondered very much what delicacies he would taste on his next visit to the parsonage and not only that but what an advantage for maya lisa to learn how a table ought to be laid and a dinner served from someone who knew exactly how these things were done in the best society fine gentleman Ernerclou certainly had a special gift for saying nasty things and no doubt they did their work but anna maria raklitz was not a woman to be turned from her purpose by a couple of sharp words so she said in her harsh voice if ensign Ernerclou was not comfortable in the widower's house i suppose he could have left and gone his way then Ernerclou saw that there would be no dining in the best parlour nor sleeping in the proper bedroom unless he chose another plan of attack he would however have submitted if there had not been one other reason as well for feeling injured it was remarkable that a woman should want to drive him away that had never happened to him before and he couldn't get over it certainly he was a good bit on the wrong side of forty but all the same he was a handsome man and no woman had ever yet been able to withstand his charms this gave the ensign pause for an hour or two he sat playing chess with the pastor but when the latter went out in the dusk to talk over farm matters with Longbeng, the ensign went into the sitting-room with the intention of chatting to the pastor's wife she was sitting bolt upright by the window making use of what little light was left to finish mending a pair of stockings so Ernerclou began somewhat cautiously to explain that he felt he was growing old 
and with increasing years came more wisdom than in youth young girls were one and all unstable and frivolous but now that he had determined to give up a butterfly existence he wondered if cousin as an old friend of her husband's he hoped he might call her cousin knew any somewhat older lady not too old of course but well on in the twenties was both domesticated and discreet and might be willing to take a poor man like himself the pastor's wife never stirred in the dim light it was not easy to see the expression on her face but Ernaclou fancied a slight smile passed over her thin lips very likely she was sitting there making a fool of him what a terrible creature lucilius had married to be sure why as a rule there was no surer way to an elderly lady's heart than to ask her to help in a little match-making Ernaclou had never in his life talked to a woman about anything but love or marriage and not a word could he say on any other subject so he began again with the same thing only now he directly contradicted what he had said before i see plainly cousin he went on that you have heard so much about me that you do not believe i should be content with a wife no longer beautiful nor young either no doubt you think i should like her to be sensible and clever and have these other qualities as well and i think that my alisa lucilius since cousin has taken her training in hand Ernaclou paused discreetly to see if he might venture farther on the same road or if he was only on a wild goose chase the twilight grew darker and darker so that it was more and more difficult to see the expression on the face of his uncommunicative listener but he almost fancied that she was slyly smiling to herself of course the idea is for my elisa to marry pastor and live and rule here in lövdalen continued Ernaclou, and there is of course a good deal to be said for such a plan lucilius will manage to choose for her some fine capable man who can do something besides stand in a pulpit and can cultivate land as well as he can himself now such a husband as myself would need a helping hand at every turn from his mother-in-law which might perhaps be very troublesome no doubt cousin you have arranged matters so that when you are left a widow and between ourselves it is remarkable how lucilius has failed the last year you may be able to have a room for yourself like fru beata's bark and not have to trouble about anything the pastor's wife sat bolt upright drawing her needle in and out but now as she turned to the window to see better he noticed she was laughing outright Ernaclou began to think that nothing in the world would have any effect on her so he got up to go to his room to curl his wig and freshen up his shirt frill as was his custom when he was annoyed but now the pastor's wife turned and asked him ensign you have been about everywhere do you happen to know a certain liljekrona pastor of finnerud the ensign started it seemed almost as though his words about a son-in-law had had some effect perhaps there had been some thought of liljekrona and what he said might have raised a doubt as to whether he were quite suitable ulle liljekrona he repeated why of course i know him 
i have stayed with him up in finnerud he is a splendid fellow understands everything and has taught the men and women as well all kinds of handicraft i wonder if he really has an eye on maya lisa continued the pastor's wife very candidly we hear nothing but praise of him her words betokened only motherly interest but Ernaclou fancied he heard in her tone a suggestion that she would have no objection to hearing a little scandal about this new lover of course cousin replied Ernaclou. you know the world well enough to make allowance for youth and you must remember what a lonely life he has had up there amongst the finns but there is of course no denying that Lilikrona has had some sort of entanglement for a good many years now of course it can easily be put right without my alisa's hearing a word about the matter the darkness had at last compelled the pastor's wife to put down her darning she did not however light a candle on that account but picked up her knitting which she could manage without looking at it at all her pins worked quickly and quietly but when Ernaclou spoke of an entanglement they fairly rattled her voice sounded completely changed as she exclaimed what do you say ensign surely it is impossible for a pastor how can the bishop you do not realize cousin how far it is to finnerud i must tell you i don't believe anyone knows a thing about it not even his nearest relatives it was by the merest chance i discovered it and of course i have never spoken of it until now when i see that my duty to a tender mother's anxiety compels me to disclose my doubts again the pins rattled violently uh, but perhaps there is no truth in it either she returned every one is slandered sometimes Ernaclou cleared his throat you force me to tell more than i wanted but as i said i consider it my duty to give you a clear insight into the business i assure you cousin that i had no idea how things were until my last visit to lillikrona shortly before christmas he was not at home when i came but his housekeeper welcomed me and begged me to wait for her master well it was a long time before he returned and in the meantime i began to chat with the woman in her way she was really a superb creature not finnish by extraction but from the swedish land as the finns say and wonderfully capable too i have always admired the unwearying energy with which he made his life up there high in the finn quarters endurable for poor liljekrona well there we sat and talked you understand cousin she is not of the better class really only peasant girl but very sensible in everything she says we had however not exchanged many words before i noticed that there was something on her mind i spoke kindly you know cousin that i understand women's ways and she gained confidence in me she asked me straight out what i thought would happen if liljekrona got the fine living eight years ago when she first came up there he had promised to marry her as soon as he got a better post but she was afraid now that sjöskoga was far too large suppose liljekrona should think she was not grand enough to be the wife of a rural dean now cousin you can understand 
that she was in despair i could do nothing but calm her as best as i might and promised to try to influence lilikrona in his plans next day i told him quite plainly that i had discovered his entanglement and asked him why he hadn't married at once he answered quite frankly that he had been too poor if he had married his maid as he said then she would have been fru lilikrona and he would have had to keep another maid to wait on her then my friend he added you may be sure she would have stopped milking the cows and helping peterkin with the field work but marry i shall of course as soon as i see my way clear i suggested when he got to sjöskoga oh sjöskoga he replied i'm not going there i mean to refuse it Örneklo stopped he could scarcely see the pastor's wife in the darkness nor could he hear her pins rattling either he felt almost terrified perhaps after all he had made a mistake or at any rate acted very unwisely now cousin i have told you all i know he began once more and i must beg you not to attach too much importance to it in any case there is not a more promising young pastor in the whole diocese than liljekrona think how with all his talents he has sacrificed himself for those poor finn peasants and lived in poverty these last eleven years i must say he is a hero every bit as much as that corsican people are making such a fuss about just now but the silence continued Örneklo grew more and more gloomy he was beginning once more to sing liljekrona's praises when the pastor's wife got up and said with a very different voice i hear lucilius coming in and now cousin Örneklo, you must go and have a talk with him instead of sitting here in the dark with me he's only too glad to get such an old friend as you to himself for a little while and after that fru raklitz entirely changed towards Örneklo. he had his meals in the fine dining-room his bed in the best spare-room and such delicacies were put before him as not even the pastor himself had ever tasted nor was he much astonished did he not know of old that no woman could withstand him when he took so much trouble as he had done with old raklitz yet it did strike him as a little strange until he had reasoned out that most certainly she had thought over his offer and intended to accept him as a son-in-law now Örneklo had not been much in earnest with his proposal but after all why not it wouldn't be so much amiss to get maya lisa lucelius and that he could get her was as clear as the day the mother-in-law was so taken with him that she didn't know how to do enough for him but before he bound himself for good he thought he ought to make a tour round vermland and visit all the good old places whose hospitality he had once enjoyed once he was married and had a wife and house he must of course stay at home he certainly could not stay at lövdala this time so long as he generally did but he must move on as quickly as possible only of course that he might come back so much the sooner when he explained next morning that he must go 
he could see that both the pastor's wife and daughter were sorry indeed they wished to persuade him to stay but he stood firm he must without fail be in karlstad before evening he did not of course say in so many words that he was only going to come back again and be master of the house but that was quite understood the pastor's wife who was generally accounted a woman of more than ordinary ability knew well enough what his plans were he felt how he longed to be back even before he had gone he would be comfortable here without a doubt just as he was preparing to put on his furs the pastor's wife came and asked if he could possibly do her a favour her ladyship in Lökene had asked her to sell her a cock and she wondered if it would trouble him too much to take it with him if he was bound for karlstad he would pass Lökene on his way the ensign said yes at once and said it gladly too for not only was he pleased to do his future mother-in-law a favour but he was very willing to have an excuse for looking in at Lökene and getting a meal there but when he said yes he certainly had no idea that it was a live cock he was to take with him for he had such a terrible little sledge there was nothing for it but to put the box with the cock in it on to the seat and take his own place on the back step however he put a good face on it to the end at all costs he must show old raklitz that she would never get a more polite and obliging son-in-law than he was so off he started in splendid bright january weather with the sun shining like the end of march and no cold to speak of he felt a quite different man from when he came yesterday lövdala and maya lisa to own and rule them both to have a home of his own where he could receive his friend if he wished that indeed was quite another matter than going from house to house all the year round and never being quite sure what sort of welcome awaited him it was quick travelling along the good road and Örneklo was soon in lobyn here he met an old peasant with a cartload of straw no other than bjorn hinriksson himself a rich and worthy man bjorn hinriksson he said to himself as he pulled the reins to stop and have a word with him he was a near neighbour at lövdala and since Örneklo was soon to be master there it would be well to make a friend of him but what now whatever was it crowing in his ear just as he stopped he all but fell off the narrow step in his fright for he had forgotten all about the cock his horse fingal did not turn a hair he had been through so much that nothing in the world could frighten him but bjorn hindrickson's brownie was not so hardened to surprises off he tore and tipped the whole cartload into the ditch this was no good beginning to friendship and in his annoyance Örneklo cracked his whip over fingal's back no sooner had the sledge started than the cock held his peace again he went on at a good pace and again his thoughts turned to maya lisa she was beautiful not more than seventeen years old and the owner of half lövdala a piece of good luck like that 
or to fall to a man like himself who was no longer in his first youth again there was someone coming along the road this time a gentleman and lady on horseback it could surely be no other than the countess dona out for a ride in this direction a fine woman this dowager countess of borg and it was always pleasant to meet a lady who could ride so well it was only pity she should have with her the little black-whiskered foreigner whom she had taken under her wing Ernecleau stopped got down from the step and stood in a posture of admiration hat in hand then the cock crew the countess tightened her reins and looked round in surprise where did the noise come from how could a cock get on to the high road so far from any dwelling perhaps she might never have found out if the creature hadn't crowed again but then she understood and like the intriguing piece of goods she was she set to work to talk to Ernecleau and keep him standing still on the high road for a full three minutes and on the cock went crowing between every word they said and dandy Ernecleau had to endure this the finest gentleman in Vermland had to submit to be made ridiculous in this way the countess sat there doing nothing but talk as if she never heard the cock and that though every other word was drowned in a shrill crow but Ernecleau was in such anguish that the cold sweet drops stood on his brow at last he could stand it no longer but jumped on to the sledge and off he drove in an instant the cock stopped but Ernecleau heard instead the countess's clear rippling laugh it followed him beyond the parish followed him to the end of his journey followed him all through life for he could never forget it what a temptation it was to lift the lid and let the cock go but he thought of maya lisa and lövdala and made up his mind to endure it would not do to get into his mother-in-law's black books and once past svartsjö church the road went through desolate forest where he thought he would meet no one but as ill luck would have it the weather was too fine for that everyone seemed to be seized with a desire to choose that very day for a long drive so it was not long before the ensign chanced to meet the head of his regiment it is true Ernecleau had long since left the service but still he prided himself on such dignity and propriety of manners as beseems a man who has trodden the field of glory but just as he drew himself up for a stiff military salute the cock must needs crow again it really was enough to drive a man desperate one meeting after another spoilt nothing but misfortune upon misfortune last of all far away on the sungod hills he met the new owner of the Bjorn ironworks, Melchior Sinclair. That was the last straw, the worst luck of all, for people had nicknamed Sinclair the Cock, because he had such a loud voice and was so perky and always ready to quarrel and fight. Sinclair knew of his nickname and did not particularly care for it. Indeed, 
it was as much as any one's life was worth to speak of hens or eggs when he was anywhere near in his distress Ernaclou decided not to stop and speak but to drive past sinclair as fast as fingal's legs could go but whatever he did went wrong today. the ironmaster had been to karlstad and bought a new set of harness bells whose merry music so cheered up chanticleer that he began to crow just as they passed Ernaclou stood up flourished his whip and gave fingal a smart stroke on the loins at all costs he must get away as quickly as possible but he was not to get off so easily melchior sinclair was furious he had not caught sight of the box with the cock in it but he had recognized Ernaclou and thought he had crowed as he passed just on purpose to annoy him he whipped up his horse and tore after Ernaclou to punish him the ensign heard him coming and thought it would be best to stop and explain but once more the cock awoke the echoes with his shrill note and sinclair thinking it was Ernaclou, grew so furious that he roared like a great wild beast Ernaclou dared not wait for him but beat a retreat and for a couple of minutes there was a wild race over the sungord hills but the ironmaster had a good steed and fingal was old and worn out so it was evident that the ensign would soon be caught and when he looked round he noticed that his enemy was brandishing his whip as high as he could to strike him over the head then he said good-bye to all his hopes of maya lisa and lövdala he bent forward lifted up the box and flung it straight in front of melchior sinclair and so he got away or else the great fellow would certainly have killed him for he was not the man to listen to excuses or explanations when he was angered when the ensign reached the eelberry inn he was utterly worn out in fact he thought he would never get over this drive of his he never showed his face again at lövdala for this was the most sickening adventure he had ever experienced in all his life to own and rule indeed he couldn't bear even to think of it end of section 12 read by lars rolander